Hi, I'm your host, Juliette Root. Welcome to the WooCast. I've been in the health and wellness industry for the last 15 years as a personal trainer, board certified nutritionist and integrative healing coach. My passion is to motivate and support people in having a healthy and thriving, joyful life. This podcast will educate, inspire and empower you as we dive deep into everything from spirituality to mysticism, alternative medicine and human optimization. Most importantly, my hope is that this show feels like a nice warm hug of connection and support from others who are also interested in living a life that isn't just about surviving and getting by, but a life that is truly thriving. Please enjoy this episode. And I would be so grateful if you could support the podcast by subscribing, rating and reviewing. If you use Apple Podcasts, this is the best place to do this. So the show can rank and be seen. And the more people that can have access to this show, the healthier the world becomes. It is truly a ripple effect. So please Please spread the love and enjoy. Welcome to the WooCast, everybody. I'm your host, Juliette Root. And today I have Catherine Brown, also known as KB. She is a toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach based on the coast of Central California. Catherine's platform is based on the education of living a toxic-free lifestyle. Catherine believes that through the products we use, the relationships we hold, and the mental and physical nourishment we consume, we are faced with many forms of toxins each and every day. As the founder of a Just Being Honest podcast, a popular podcast and health and wellness blog, Catherine's core mission is to improve overall mental and physical health through the reduction of toxic exposure. I am so excited to just chat with her today and get to know her story. And chronic illness has been coming up a lot in my world with different friends that I am very close with that have been dealing with autoimmune issues and chronic illness. So to have you on the show today is just a beautiful thing. Thank you for coming on to the WooCast. Oh my gosh, Juliet. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I am Extremely honored to connect with you today. Woohoo! Awesome. Yeah. Free flowing conversation here. And we're just going to just kind of see what comes out of this. Lately, I've been really less structured in my podcast. And I used, it's been a little over a year. And I was a little more like interviewee, kind of. I know it's nerve wracking when you first start doing this. You kind of have to find your voice. And I'm like, all right, it's, I think it'll be like 74th episode. And I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore. (laughs) In a good way. I just want to have open, honest conversations with people. And just as if you and I were hanging out, like having dinner together, I just want to make a new friend today. So I hope that the listeners enjoy that new style of podcast that I want to step into. I mean, I'm all welcoming. I mean, dinner together. I mean, it's tea time, right? I've got my tea right here. Just made a fresh cup of matcha. Nice. Here we are. And you said about honesty. I mean, I'm called, you know, just being honest. I'm all about honesty. So let's dive in. Which is really funny because one of the things that my husband and I have this little joke, because one of the things I always say to him is, I'm just being honest. Just being honest. Like that's something that I have said for so many years. And it's like hilarious. I told him that you were coming on the show today. I'm like, guess what her podcast is called? And he was cracking up because it's a little inside joke between the two of us. Oh, yeah. Bring it out. Spread the word, baby. Yeah. I mean, honesty is the best policy for sure. So share with me, how did you get... I know you had your own experience with having a chronic illness uh, that you worked through. So share with me how this all came about for you. So 
from a very young age, I always felt like I was not from this earth. I was very sensitive, sensitive child. I absorbed a lot of energy, especially from um, a dysfunctional family upbringing at times. And um, I felt as though, I mean, and I knew I'm very aware of this, that I'm a starseed. I'm really not from this earth. Like I know my uh, defined mission and what I'm supposed to bring into other people's lives. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but I'm pretty sure your audience can relate on that. Um, so at that point, you know, absorbing a lot of compound interest trauma over my life, um, it just happened to, you know, manifest in so many different ways, chronic illnesses, dis-ease, disease, as we common known it as. Um, but I think the biggest picker with that and the biggest kind of like hit in the tush with me of like, you know, pushing me into my awakened state of life changes and awareness was when I was living in Los Angeles before I, I give people kind of like some reference. I live in Santa Barbara now, but I lived in Los Angeles and I was, you know, running the gun and living in this awesome house with all the girls, you know, and all of a sudden I got mold illness and I was in bed for a year. Now, did anybody else get mold illness that was living with you at no, the time? No. So, um, I don't know what was happening. Um, I got extremely, extremely sick. Um, and there was actually the story of it. There was, um, a rain and water got trapped on the roof above my bedroom and it, you know, they had to do the, the remediation. If you guys have dealt with mold illness before, it's this whole thing. And, um, Basically, I had to learn a lot about how to recharge my energy, Um, you know, and it's so interesting because a lot of the protocols, because I'm a very natural being, if you know anything about me, it was to get rest. It was to meditate. It was to keep your central nervous system calm. It was to not eat sugars, obviously, because sugar feeds those, you know, parasites, molds, all the things, you know, to be very bland. But the thing is, you know, it's calling from a higher cosmos, I believe of saying like, you know, KB, slow down, be aware, change your lifestyle, know what's going on in your environment. And the other thing is like, I think many of people found even out through COVID being at home is like, what does your space look like? You know, what does your space look like? Are you creating a sanctuary for yourself of healing, of constant healing? Because I believe we are all constantly healing. And when we are healing, we can help right? We can spread love, we can spread kindness, all the things. So I think that is such a beautiful awakening that happened just from something as well, not simple, but mold. And mold is manifested twice in my life because I moved out of that house and I moved into another coastal house and that one was seemed to be even worse. So my symptoms were getting worse and worse and worse. What were my your symptoms that you were experiencing? Oh my gosh, guys. I mean, everyone can be very different, but extreme headaches. And I was never a headache person, you know, my body just doing very crazy things like extreme bloat. Uh, my face was really gray. My face became puffy. Um, I felt like I had appendicitis. A lot of the times there was like pains everywhere. Um, I was hyper, hyper, hyper. And now I believe one of the, um, one of the kind of is the right word caveats the kind of like other sides of having mold and dealing with that is the uh, chemical sensitivity. I'm super sensitive to chemicals. I can smell anything like from a mile away. So if you have a generic 
you know, name brand laundry detergent out there, I can smell it. And I basically will feel sick to my stomach. So I think that's the hardest part with dealing with something like this is because you feel so isolated afterwards, you know, at the time, I mean, this was years ago, and I'm still dealing and still on that constant healing path. But at the time, you know, I was single, and I'm thinking, how the heck, how the heck, Juliet, can I bring anyone into this lifestyle? I have such, I have to go to bed super early. I have to get a lot of rest. I have to make sure that I do my spiritual healing practices every single day. I have to make sure that I don't have generic, you know, laundry detergents in my life. Or, um, you know, I just felt like I was like, not a fun person, right? Because I'm on the healing journey. And so if anyone's struggling out there with a chronic illness, and like, Julia, you look at me, I don't know if your audience can see us right now, but you look at me and you're like, oh my gosh, you're glowing and stuff. Yeah, but that's, you know, step-by-step process, right? And the thing is with chronic illness and chronic pain, like, I mean, I had fibromyalgia, still at times I get fibromyalgia. I have Raynaud's, so my fingers get blue, you know? And you look at my face, you're like, oh my gosh, you look like, I mean, people would say like, oh, you look like the epitome of health. And yes, I am a healthy being at the core, but with chronic illness, sometimes you don't know what people are dealing with. Um, so shining your light is just like, you shine your light in a certain way. And like, if someone's really might have that chronic pain in life, but you don't know that they're dealing with that. So I just went totally tangent squirrel brain there. <laughs> but No, there's a lot know. of things I want to touch on. Um, well, first, and I'm, I'm going to bring it back to this story is I want I have some more questions around your experience with this mold toxicity and your foray into kind of finding out all of this about your health and and different health issues that you've had, because they're all they're all interconnected, but they're, they're separate symptoms that you're experiencing. But mm-hmm. I want to bring it back to when you were talking about, like, I think your audience probably, you know, can relate to this whole star seed thing. We've definitely talked about it a few times before with different people on the podcast, but I think it's also always good because you never know, we might have a new listeners in or uh, just to, what do you mean by that? When you're, when you say, because I'm sure you didn't know what that was when you were a kid, like I'm a star seed, right? There was no, that language didn't exist. So for those who are like, what does she mean by that? Like not feeling like you're from here and that you're from a different place. Yeah. So that's a very interesting question. And I'm sure it can be strategically defined differently from everyone that's experiencing. But to give some background information, I am the youngest of three. Um, and um, I guess my whole life, I felt, well, I know this for a fact, I'm very intuitive. And I had almost like psychic intuitive powers. Um, it's almost like I could say something in my brain, and then it would happen like, oh, I bet that's gonna happen right now. Bam, that's gonna happen right now. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just a lucky rabbit's foot. You know, maybe I just know what's coming around the corner. But being a starseed for me is defined as though I don't feel as though the people that are around me, many people are aware, are awoken, right? And I was there, but not there, right? It's almost like I had very extreme special gifts. Um, there was an instance in my life that I, in kindergarten, the doctor said my brain turned off. Um, 
and I basically was like walking, but I was not aware. And I like walked out of gym class when I was in kindergarten. And all they said, they like doing brain scans and everything. And they're like, they were like, you just, um, your brain turned off, your brain turned off. It was a really crazy instance. I give blood and they're like, you have phantom veins. Like I, my veins are like, not there. It's like really weird. Um, and it's just, it's just interesting because I've always been able to channel people. I've always been able to like sit with them, no matter what the age are and just really connect and really see and feel what they're going through. Um, so not being from this earth, meaning that I am divinely here to help people for a particular reason. You know, Julia, I've lived in many different places in my life. And for some reason, no matter where I go, there is one person that I am set upon to meet for a particular reason. And I am supposed to touch them, heal them in a certain way. And sometimes it's energetically. Sometimes it's intuitively, sometimes it's, you know, verbally. Um, and sometimes I'm not there for a long time. Sometimes I'm there living there for four months and leave. I'm in a current state right now where I'm feeling probably four people at once um, in a household. And I think I'm going to be in this position for quite a while. But um, it's very interesting when you ask someone that question. But the person in the, in the body, in the space can truly feel and embody. And whenever they talk to someone, it flows, right? And they're channeling through them. Um, it's really a beautiful thing. It can be a scary thing at a time, because you feel as though you can't be around a lot of energy. It's too much. Um, and when we talked about at the beginning of the hour, when we weren't recording, you know, the human design, like it can be very, very um, taxing on our energetic level. So rest is super important. Um, but yes, that's just my, yeah, my from a, I just had someone on, we were talking specifically about human design. I know it's something that you're really interested in. I'm just curious, what uh, type are you in human design? I am a, well, just broadly, I'm a projector. Okay. So I'm a projector, splenic, definitely splenic um, authority. So yeah, so yeah. very sensitive soul. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. And it's, it's yeah. such a gift. It's a real gift yeah. to be able to kind of mirror that back to people, like what they're feeling and making them feel seen and heard and supported with their healing. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely a true healer with being the projector. We were talking about that. I was saying, you know, how many of those people are, that's what they're really here for is to be able to yeah. see things and show people things and, you know, that they wouldn't necessarily be able to see without you being able to show them that. Um, so with your, with these symptoms that were coming on, one of the things that you've shared um, on other podcasts and is that this was sort of part of an initiation of an ascension for you, experiencing all of these symptoms in your physical body, that it supported you with your spiritual ele elevation. And I don't necessarily think that people link those things together, that illness is linked to potentially something really beautiful on the other side of having a spiritual awakening. So can you talk a little bit about those things and how they're interconnected when you have a physical symptom and how it's trying to show you something and bring you somewhere? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Thank you. Um, so 
Oh my gosh. And I think this really, if I can just kind of mention this, this is, you know, coming from having total embodiment and being aware and giving myself the gift to feel, you know, um, not hold back and um, flow and trust in the universe that the universe, as they like to say, does have my back. Um, but that ascension, right, that you call it, um, it's interesting. A lot of people could do a protocol, right, of healing with pills. And for me, I'm very sensitive and I know my body so well that I'm like, that's not for me. Uh, my mom, I was so lucky. She was a functional nutritionist and, you know, gave me all the herbals and everything. And part of those protocols and part of that healing modality, especially was the meditation. That's really when I dove in and started my heavy meditation process. But with that sitting and, you know, I like to say that when we sit or when we, when we pray, we're praying to a higher source, divinity, you know, universe, uh, whatever you want to call it, God, um, spirit. But then when we sit in meditation, we're getting all the answers, we're getting all the downloads, right? Getting all that feelings, we're getting all the connections, we're getting all of our protected angels, everything. So it's about believing in yourself. And when I got the mold illness. And when I started doing that hardcore healing practice, I mean, it was a true, as you like to say, reflection, right? A lot of tears, a lot of confusion, a lot of writing, a lot of like, just let me live my life. But it was like, you know, no, you have to sit and you have to feel the feelings and you have to, it's not about getting to the destination, but it's about just being on the path being on the journey, um, you know, and I was, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of years when I really started diving into this, I was on my Saturn return, my first Saturn return, the big one, right? And, um, and I think that is, it's a beautiful thing when you can allow yourself to sit and stay in your energy, right? Feel all the feelings, everything go through like your lifestyle. And also, and also, this is the biggest kicker, you know, of why I created the platform that I created and the voice I've created, realize what's not working for you, right? You know, relationships, being able to step away from that, being able to learn about yourself and saying like, I know how to take care of myself and I know what's best for me. And I know how to be honest with that because that is what is best for me. And that is my path for life, my individual path. So that's just a little bit. What would you say, what would you say to like, what would be your advice for those of us who may have time against, against our side in terms of being able to have this time and space and to explore in the way that you did and to meditate and to really have reflection for those who are saying, I don't have time to do that. Sure, I would like to feel better, but that sounds like it is a lot of time and energy that I don't have in my life right now. Hmm. My question would be, what are your priorities? Simple. Like, what are your priorities in life? If you have time, I mean, we have this thing called social media, Instagram. If you have time to sit there and scroll, if you have time to gossip, if you have time to, you know, whatever it may be, sit and watch a movie or whatever, maybe you need to like just reframe 
your priorities, right? Your schedule, right? Or make a schedule, you know? Uh, meditation can take one minute. It can take one minute. You can do it while you're driving to work, right? You can meditate in so many different ways. It can be simply counting your breaths in for four, holding it and out for four, or taking a deep breath, moving your lymphatics, right? That blood flow. So I'm kind of a no excuse person in life. So if you work with me, you got to be ready, you know? But I think that kind of like reframes it a little bit, right? What are your priorities? Sure. Yeah. I think that redefining things and reprioritizing things and to look ahead towards the future that you really want to step into. And very much so we get bogged down by, you know, our present and our past. And like right now I have all of these things, right, that are stressing me out. And so I don't have time to do any of these other practices because I'm in you know, crisis in the moment, even though it's a, it's perceived, it's all perception. So it's a lot of it is the reframing like you're sharing in, well, what's actually meaningful in my life. I think that we don't get asked those questions, which is why coaching is such a beautiful thing when you're working with, with any type of healer or coach or therapist is being able to have that time and space of reflection and being asked these really meaningful questions because life can be so meaningful and beautiful, but we can oftentimes get bogged down by the minutia of everything. And we just get swept into, this is what I have to focus on right now, rather than thinking about what's actually purposeful and what would lead us to a lot more satisfaction and happiness for our future. So that's yeah. a beautiful you know, question to pose to people is what are you prioritizing? And you know, time is this construct that we put on a lot of things. I don't have enough time. I don't have, and it is right. I like the, the, the no bullshit aspect. Cause it's like, is that really true that you don't have enough time? Is if you were like observing yourself all day, if you were hovering above you, like a fly on the wall and you saw yourself, what are you doing with your time is the question. Mm -hmm. And with that, are you just psyching it? Are you just self-sabotaging yourself? Are you just psyching yourself out? Or are you just not willing to fail if it doesn't work out to your perfection? That's a big one. Yes. The, the idea of like, I don't want to even try. And a lot of this is on the subconscious level for people. So they're not even aware that that is what's going on with when it comes to self-sabotage. Like people can identify that they sabotage themselves, but they don't understand the complexity and the nuance of sabotage because there's a lot going <laughs> on in our brain and our in our subconscious. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of programming. There's a lot of things that cause you to keep sabotaging, even though you are aware of it and you don't want it to happen anymore. You got to get into like into the depths of and really get honest with yourself around why it's happening. Honesty without judgment is what I found is really important. Yeah, honesty without judgment. I mean, it goes back to like the amount of times I hear people say like, oh, this week, oh, this week, I'm going to do this. Oh, this week. Oh, nope, I'm starting next week, you know, or tomorrow I'm really going to make it happen. Why not just do a little bit every day, right? You don't have to run the whole marathon tomorrow, right? It's, I love this, compound interest, right? A little bit 
every single day. The choices that you have to make today define who you are going to be tomorrow. Every little moment matters. Yes. Yeah. That w- requires, though, a level of consciousness around your every day, which is a yeah. practice in itself to be, we can call it be awake, right? To your life instead of just being on an autopilot and just going through the motions of your life. But being able to, even if it's for a second, observe yourself and go, okay, I'm here. Wow. I'm observing myself. This is awesome. Now I can make some sort of small little choice that's going to really is a big propellant for future. So with, with your practice and, you know, obviously everybody goes down a different route when they have disease. They go can go down the route of seeing allopathic practitioners and being prescribed antibiotics or other medical interventions, right? Then there's, you're saying, you know, pills didn't really align with you. It didn't feel like something that that would be the fix for you. This was more of a mind-body connection for you. And you went into meditation. I'm curious, was that something that was suggested to you to go into meditation for illness? Or was that something that you felt intuitively, I need to, to do this or both? Um, I think it was a two-part play. Um, I think at the time, I'm trying to quite remember a little bit more about that. But I think becoming quiet, going inward was a huge thing. Um, you know, I love to say the body keeps the score because it does, you know, and our body holds things in places that we need to release. And in order to release it, we have to, you know, make our safe place and know who we are and listen to ourselves, the positive side of ourselves. Right. And I'm just using positive because it's a mass media or mainstream word. But, you know, other modalities, you know, I don't take pills. I don't feel comfortable with it. My body doesn't do well with it. I believe it's a band-aid. I believe that we all need to get to the root cause of everything because the root cause is the answer. It really is, guys. But, you know, with that over time, you know, following traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic practices, and just um, dealing with nature, you know, we are nature. We are light. We are biophotons. We are all the things. So get back in there. You know, instant gratification is such a, such a need and such a want in this world. That's like, why not we just like slow down and, you know, living in LA and going back to that story, like I was moving so fast. Right. And this is just saying like, Hey, slow down, slow down. Right. Um, so, you know, doing modalities such as lymph therapy is great. Um, and even colonics every once in a while. And, um, you know, moving the body, moving the limbs where stored energy gets stuck really helps things flow and it helps your mind flow. Um, a lot of people, you know, with that, I'm just going to jump on this, but meditation, going back to that, you know, it's like a workout for the mind and it's, you know, getting oxygen to the brain, right? Channeling a little bit more. Um, you know, we work out our hearts all the time. We pound ourselves to the ground. But, you know, why not send that love and that care to the mind, you know? Yeah. And then were you ever at a point where were you ever getting frustrated with your results with going this more natural approach? Or did you find that you were having results 
in a, you know, in that instant gratification way that a lot of us have been trained to, to see with when it comes to medical intervention. How was that for you, this whole process of having being so symptomatic to then diving into doing all these healing practices? Was it a fast track? Was it how did it work for you? Oh, God, no, it's not a fast track. I mean, you know what? It's not a fast track to do things naturally. I'm just going to say that. I think that's good. Just being honest, right? (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. But in the long run, in the long term, you're really saving yourself. Well, you're healing, like you said, the root. You're getting to the root and it's like pulling. If you have a weed in your garden and you just keep cutting the head off of the weed, it's going to keep growing back, which is a lot of times with different medical interventions. It's like, okay, you're not feeling the symptoms. They're still there though. You still, you still are living with this versus no, we go down in the dirt and we pluck that thing out from the root so that it doesn't grow back over and over again. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, with pills, like if you don't get to the root cause, you're just going to keep wondering what's going on. What's going on. You're going to keep guessing, right? What's going on. You're going to have to get a higher dose of a pill. You're going to have to get the new pill. That's going to come out all the things. Right. And you know, I love living that, like I invest in these things. Like I invest in this lifestyle because that is my health insurance. We all know that, you know, health insurance out there is crap anyways. It's a crap business, right? Sure. Pills at times, certain people need certain pills, right? But I don't believe that's the answer to everything. And I do believe that, you know, Many people, if our entire country and world really just sat with themselves and loved themselves and worked on that shadow work and got to root causes of things, you know, and mold, you know, is another instance that kind of came in. But, you know, if we get to the root cause of things, this world could be like so much more magical, so much more intuitive, so much more loving, so much more caring. Um, Our brains would be clearer, you know. What did you find for yourself when you went into the depths of your healing with your own personal shadow and what, what needed to be healed for you on the emotional, spiritual level? Oh my gosh. Um, I think one of the things especially would be the wounded child. I worked a lot with my wounded child. Um, you know, having grown up being the smiley face of the family, the youngest and feeling so different and, um, you know, almost being afraid at certain instincts and, and really questioning her and asking her, like, do you feel safe now? Like talking to her. Um, and also like listening to the voices that were coming out, me trying to, you know, reframe of not being a perfectionist, not trying to save everyone that it was okay if I separated myself and it was okay if I lived my own path, right? I don't have to do the shoulds from the other people, right? That's a huge thing with many people. Like be yourself, you know? Like dance to your own drum. Don't cover yourself up, right? Smile if you want to smile. Be happy just because you're feeling great today, you know? You know, be an artist one day and then the next day, if you want to be an architect, be an architect, try new things, travel, risk, you know, be in love and be fully in love, you know, but things that you uncover that were maybe like, as you used earlier, bogged down by preconditioned, you know, verbs <laughs> or verbs, 
yeah, verbiage um, or ancestral traumas, you know, that are carried down, you know, trying to crack that, trying to like pave a new path, you know, Mm -hmm. living on your own, right? Family is such a huge issue. And it's something that I've had to work through a lot in my life. And, um, and it's just a beautiful thing when you just sit with yourself and the wounded child, I think comes up so often with people, especially in shadow work. But the most important thing with that, Juliet, is to recognize self-love, right? Self-love and that you do come first. How do you define right? self-love for the oh listeners? Uh, self-love could be so many different things. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't recognize with a bath, but I love a good bath time. And I learned good bath time when I was doing my healing modalities and the Epsom detoxes through the mold and stuff. Um, that's a great self-love for me. Another self-love is just totally like being in the moment, like being in um, the energy of myself, whether that's turning, putting my headphones on, right? And listening to a really like deep, like ethereal beat, you know, and just laying there, putting my feet up in the air, watching the fan go around and around and just like, feeling all the feelings. And if I feel sad at that time, or if I feel enlivened at that time, just accepting it and saying like, okay, this is fine. This is good. I'm moving something through myself, like loving yourself and holding space for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing, just and holding space for myself. Something you're reminding me of is the concept of loving awareness and mm. loving awareness is just being aware and just this is how I'm defining it. At least there, I'm sure there can be multiple ways of defining this and you can define it and however it feels right for you. But loving awareness to me is that we are these sentient beings, which means that we have awareness that we are, we are these living aware beings and that we can just love what is. And so whether that means that you're happen to be staring up at that ceiling fan and you're feeling sad or you're staring up at that ceiling fan and you're feeling en enlivened, that you're aware of these sensations and they're just sensations, right? And mm. we can love what is. We can just be in that loving awareness where in that space of awareness, there's not, there's no judgment of, oh, you're good. Oh, you're bad. It's just, it just is awareness. It's just being yeah. in that ever loving space. It's a, it's an intangible thing to really describe. It's hard to like picture. It's really more of a feeling. And so I love that you're sharing this about self love, just kind of being with what is giving yourself permission to do things, try things, risk taking, being more of your authentic self. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. And through this process of healing, you got to experiment, it sounds like, a lot with this rather than having to be a certain way or try to live your life in a certain way when you were in LA. It showed you, I guess it illuminated a lot for you and how in your lifestyle you were living at that time and how maybe how, yeah. how quote unquote toxic it was. And then it, but also there was something that happened to you, which was this toxic mold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that totally like shifts the path that you're on and saying like, you know, with, with you saying like awareness and it's more of like self-love is the awareness of my needs and being, um, 
unapologetically authentic with that voice and voicing those needs, right? And knowing that it's okay to have those needs and to, you know, go after those needs and to constantly pursue them um, because it's growth. And that's what we should be living for, growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love the awareness of your needs. That's a huge takeaway, the awareness of your needs. Why do you think that so many intuitives and sensitive beings end up struggling with autoimmune disease? Because I've seen it so much. And we are Mm -hmm. in a time right now where there's more autoimmune issues, chronic, chronic disease than ever before. And I'm not talking about like metabolic diseases, like heart disease and high blood pressure, high cholesterol, those kinds of things. I'm talking more about specifically these autoimmune diseases where the body is fighting against itself. And there, it's hard to even diagnose all for this for a lot of people. They feel very much alone in the dark because there, nothing is really helping and they have all of these symptoms and they kind of, a lot of physicians will just blanket it and go, well, there, you have autoimmune. You're, which means that you're basically your attack, your system's attacking itself. And it's like, and that's all we really know. So there you go. So what is happening here? Why is this happening to so many more people and specifically these sensitive beings? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. And I think that's going to be a question that is going to be very, you know, sought after for a long, long time for particular physicians, Western medicine. Um, I believe they don't quite know. Right. Yeah. You said like, it's just, I have an autoimmune and we don't know which one or whatever. And they put a name to it because people want an answer. Right. But I think also, you know, the more that we hear about it, it's because the more vocal we are about it. I don't feel well. Someone's saying, I don't feel well. They're not just pushing it away. Our lifestyle is different. The way we cultivate food is different. You know, people spray pesticides around their house. It's neurotoxin. Everything goes in our body. The way that we, you know, um, you know, farm things is different. Um, and you know, we're not, we're just in such a fast paced world and, and we are so bombarded and so stressed, um, that our body, we're not listening to our bodies, right. Or, you know, things are coming out and keep, you know, the universe or source or your internal self trying to say like, Hey, listen, awaken, you know, shed your light out there. And a lot of people are singing like, oh, but I can't, I'm scared or whatever. And so your body's like just bombarded. You know, these things are trying to come out of your pores, right? And tell you a sign or maybe the, maybe it's as simple as love, like love, like let yourself love. Don't be afraid to love, you know, love yourself first, love someone else, right? And like laugh, right? Relax, you know, take a bath, you know, all the things like, don't try to do everything at once. It sounds know? that it sounds awesome when you're saying this, right? Like love, have fun, laugh. All of that sounds incredible. And I think that is what people want for themselves, but they don't give it to themselves. And I wouldn't, and I want, I want to defend people in that it's not because they don't want to give it to themselves, right? It's not because they don't want to love and laugh and be relaxed. It's because there are all of these external things coming at them that are that feel almost impossible to get out from under that is preventing them from doing that. So I think it comes back to 
just small little steps of being aware of your needs and not trying to take it all on at once, right? Even the idea that if you're really depressed, like I'm going to cure my depression. It's like, that sounds like a lot to take on (laughs) just, you know, and then it sets us, sets us up for big expectations. And because we are in a world where things can happen so quickly and we might even be looking at other people's healing journeys and doing a comparison, right? That each one of us is on our own path of what it looks like. And slowing down, I have found, is probably one yeah. of the biggest keys to all of this, to experiencing more joy, more love, more you know, success in your life, whatever that looks like for you. But we really need to practice slowing down. (laughs) Would you, what would you you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, like, yes, I sound so excited because, you know, when you were just saying, Oh my gosh, you sound so excited. It sounds so easy. We, you know, life simple. Like it really is. We create our own obstacles. We do, (laughs) you know, and I may, someone might be like, Whoa, like, no, we don't, but we do. What you know, and this is my entire practice. This is the entirely, you know, how I framework everyone's, you know, you know, or whatever sessions with me. You know, I work with people individually and I I say, okay, like, do you have this in your life? Maybe that's doing that to your mind, you know. Simple things like watching the news every morning. If you are engraving, it's what is it called? Like the Tetris, it's I think it's called the Tetris phenomenon or something. If you're waking up and watching CNN for five hours in the morning and you're seeing all these headlines, you're going to be like, oh, God, that again, you know, like, oh. But if you're waking up, not looking at your phone, sitting there, maybe looking at yourself in the mirror and just going, <laughs> breathing and just saying, like, oh, man, like, wow, what a beautiful day. Like, and you mean it, like, or all the things, dog, or whatever brings you joy, your day is going to start out in a totally different way. Your genetic makeup is going to start flowing in a totally different way. You're going to have different priorities. You know, it's all the things, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. How important is it, KB, <laughs> to live a, like a, I wouldn't say toxic free because it's not, it's near impossible to live a toxic free lifestyle considering, you know, unless you don't leave your house at all, but you really work with people in uh, living like a low toxic lifestyle. And so what do you mean by that? Oh my gosh. Um, so that can be defined in so many different ways, but um, it's a whole web of things, right? It's the, as I like to mention before, the cleaning products that you have in your home, the linens that you are sleeping on, the, the mattress that you're sleeping on, um, you know, what it's made out of, you know, uh, if you're using pesticides and chemicals in your yard, um, the type of water that you're drinking, the relationships that you're holding, the type of communication skills that you are using, um, all the things, right? Your healing modalities, right? The food that you're consuming, everything compounds over time, right? Um, it's said that females can walk out of the house in the morning and already have over hundreds of, you know, endocrine, endocrine disruptors on their body by just what they use, shampoo, and the, yeah, makeup, makeup. Mm-hmm. all the things. Yeah. And so is this something that you support people with in kind of assessing their life style, like the products that they use? And it's different for everybody, though, right? 
in yep. terms of symptoms and what you're experiencing. And I, I have found that it's sometimes it's hard to pinpoint. Is there, there is so much being thrown, thrown at us in terms of, you know, clean living and it can feel overwhelming. And you realize basically that, okay, every single thing in my house pretty much has some sort of toxic chemical element to it. So if you could share with the listeners, what are like a few or maybe like three to five things in someone's house that like these would be priority, like would be mm-hmm. like, would your mattress be a priority or would your, would the cleaning products be more of the priority? Like what are some that you're like, all right, these are really high priority for you to switch over if you're not using cleaner brands. Yeah. So you're right in that everyone is, everyone has different definitions of what a clean lifestyle is. Um, and everyone lives a different lifestyle. So my, my suggestion is always, yes, it is overwhelming baby steps. So the first thing first, what is the most, you know, prevalent thing in your house? I don't know. Maybe cleaning products, cleaning products. I think is one of the biggest things you spray the counters, you touch the counters, your kids touch the counters, they put their hands in the mouth. Um, that would be my personal number one. Um, then it would be, you know, plastics in your house. What are you eating off of? Right. What are you eating off of your cleaning, your, excuse me, your cooking tools, right? Are you using a Teflon base? Right. Um, those are some of my biggest kickers. Um, and then you can go into so many things like what type of clothing items are you wearing? Are you wearing a lot of plasticky, you know, produced clothes or are you wearing cottons, you know, natural things, everything goes in everything that's on your body goes into your organ. I think that's something um, we don't think about that much. You know, we forget about yeah. that, that the skin is the largest organ and it absorbs everything. And I think it's just something that it's so easy to forget because we don't think when it comes to organs, we think oh, oh we're, we're protected. It's on the inside, right? Meanwhile, we have this sheath of this protective layer around our whole body that is interacting with the environment constantly. Yeah. And I mean, that's a beautiful example because you know what's going on in the body because that is what comes out. Like it wants to come out, you know, that's why people may or may not have acne. That's why may they have rosacea, eczema, all those things come out. So basically what you look on the outside is like kind of what's going on on the inside, right? Yeah, so absolutely. You're yourself inside out. Your skin <laughs> is a really great way to communicate, has a really great way of communicating with you to show you what's, what's going on, which is great, you know, to have that kind of communication because it can send a signal to you be like, Oh, I'm breaking out perhaps something that I'm ingesting my diet or could be product. So it's a, it's a good, good detective for you to be able to see what's going on. So share with me and the listeners exactly what you're doing and how you support people with, I don't know if you're only working with people who have like chronic illness or if you're working with all t- kinds of people, I'd love to know like what offerings you have to work with people. Yeah, sure. That's, that's a really fine question. So I'm a toxic free lifestyle coach and a mindset coach as well. And so basically with that, I, I have a process of where I start astrologically um, to kind of find out you know, where they're coming from, the type of personality this person is, we always step back to childhood. And then from there on out, we can, you know, tailor their lifestyle and create a toxic free, you know, blueprint 
for yourself. Um, I, I do have a lot of people with chronic illness, but I do have a lot of people that are just trying to get through life, right? Just trying to set up boundaries. You know, that's a huge thing, right? Um, so with that being said, I'm trying to bring clarity and authenticity and truth into your life and make change and help you, you know, grow that backbone that you know that you have in so many different ways. Um, you know, so I work with anti-aging, you know, internal and external functional health, metaphysical aspects, as I mentioned before, the astrological connection, that low toxin conscious living aspect, and just basically sustaining the foundation of the growth mindset. I love it. That's awesome. And you're working one-on-one with people? Yes. Um, yes, I have done uh, couples. Um, I think couples, if couples are on the same page or spouse or partner, whomever you're living with, that's always a great thing. I've worked with roommates before as well to kind of give everybody get everyone on the same page. But generally, yes, I do consult one-on-one. And, and you I can have work a- with anyone around the world. Many of my <laughs> clients, I do just via Zoom. They're all over. Awesome. I know it's the beauty of, of the new world we're living in. Yeah. We can work with whoever oh we want to work with. They don't have to be your neighbor. You can work with anyone and everyone. It's so cool. And then you also have your podcast, Just Being Honest. And what kind of... Uh, episodes do you have for those out there who want to listen to a new podcast? And I'll link to all of this in the show notes for everyone. Oh my gosh. Um, So it's a really fun podcast. I do a lot of solo episodes, but then I do a lot of interviews with um, health and wellness entrepreneurs out there. So you'll find a lot of brands out there, like the founder of Prima, Christopher Gavagon was on. Um, My dear friend, Lauren Scruggs Kennedy was on telling about her lifestyle. I'm sure she'll be on again, telling about her birthing experience with that. Um, I've had the founder of Three Ships Beauty, which is a natural beauty line. I talk about balancing your chakras. I talk about earthing and forest bathing and what that can teach for your health and your overall well-being. Um, yeah, so many things. I think I have almost 230 episodes, so there's a lot to dive in on. That's amazing. If you want to binge, (laughs) enjoy. I love podcast binging. Well, anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we close out today? You know, I think one of the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, wherever you start, that's the right place to start. Um, You can always go back and heal other aspects, but wherever you start, that's the right place to start. And it can seem overwhelming and you just have to believe in yourself. You just have to know taking baby steps is okay. Taking that one step forward and then maybe a half step back is okay as well. And that's all I have to say. I I believe in you. I'm here for you. Belief is huge. And having others to believe in you is also really important and getting help and support. And we are, I say this all the time, but we're not meant to go at this alone. We are not meant to go at this alone. So have, you know, resources, connect with others. There's so many people out there for anyone who is struggling with anything that's just chronically been bothering them. The beauty of, you know, the way we can connect with people all over the world is that there are others who are most likely experiencing, you know, very similar things to you that you can connect with and have support with and um, more than we've ever had before, which is really wonderful. Yeah. 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 
Well, thank so you, never KB. Never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid. Be yes, <laughs> exactly. Thank you, KB, for coming on to the Woodcast. So appreciated and keep spreading your light. Thank you. I appreciate you so much, my love.